0: Hey guys, what's up? It's your girl Butter P and you are listening to Kicking It With Butter, the podcast. I have someone special with me today. I've been looking forward to speaking with her. My girl, Deja Mo Williams. She is a manufacturing engineer at NASA. My girl loves music. She's a beast. And I'm excited to have her on the show with me. So Deja, what up? How are you? What's
1: good with how you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I am so excited to talk to you. I've been following you. So we met, uh, was it, this wasn't this year? Last year? Yeah. October. October
1: at a conference.
0: Yeah. So we met at the revolt music conference on Diddy's yacht. Right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> the best time of my life.
0: <laughs> Chilling. People were just kind of hanging out, talking. And, um, it was just something about you that stuck out to me. Um, and we just, I remember we just kind of, were in a group of people talking and, um, I remember you introduced yourself and, and I asked you, I was like, oh, you know, how you doing? Like, what brought you to the music conference? And I remember you told me like what field you were in. And I was like, how does that have anything to do with music and you sharing your heart behind what you wanted to do with your music and your field Mm -hmm. blew me away and it, it was so intriguing to me that i've i've watched you from them till now to see like i i need people to hear more about what she's doing um because it's been so impressive to me so talk to me a little bit about that um just briefly
1: what took you to the revolt music conference what took me to the revolt music conference was like when i was younger i've always um had Music influences, whether my pa, my grandpa, he was a, a bassist. Um, uh, I had some rappers in my family. Um, and I just wanted to be a part of music, so I beca- began producing music, right? Learning how to use logic and uh, get in different midis, whatever, just teaching myself how to produce this music. and when as an engineer i know that going to conferences is how you one learn meet different people to become mentors and things of that sort so i was just like okay i've i did my due diligence i went to school i got my degree i'm an engineer at nasa it's time to do what i really want to do so i invested in this conference It literally put a dent in my pocket girl but i went to the conference and it it changed my life um and then upon going to the conference I saw so many people who were musicians, you know, I'm learning from them, but I saw that I brought something totally unique to the table. Nobody there, I mean, there may have been some engineers there that I had no idea, but I didn't meet anyone like me. So I wanted to be different. Let me mix m- my uniqueness with my love for music and try to make something of it. And and at that um, panel, where we were talking about social justice and how to change the narrative of uh, what's going on and um, the black community in general, um, I, I can really make an impact. Let Let me try to start making some raps because I love music about these STEM topics and and get people who love hip hop music interested in a field that they probably didn't even know existed.
0: And that I think that was the impressive part because you actually got the attention of some of the people there. Like, who were some of the people that you actually got to speak to while you were there? And have you been able to actually continue um, networking with them since then?
1: Yes. So I got um, a chance to speak to Andre Harrell. I got a chance to speak to um, Jeff Johnson I got a chance to speak to Kevin Lyles, um, some some real heavy hitters about what I want to do. And then I also found out that Kevin Lyles is actually an engineer himself, like studied at Mugger State Electrical Engineering. So I'm like, yo, like, wow, there, there's space for me here. You know what I mean? I love what you just said. There's space for me here. So you, you were born
0: and raised in St. Louis, right? Yes, born and raised in St. Louis this has probably been a, a, a journey for you. Like, how was it growing up in, in St. Louis? And walk me through a little bit of your journey.
1: Well, growing up in St. Louis, it was it was very, um, it was rough, because I, you know, I grew up in a the city. Uh, there were gangs and all of that stuff. But for some reason, the community protected me. They always knew, like, everybody always saw something in me before I saw something in myself. So if there were even a chance for me to get into something bad, the the, the bad guys, per se, would not even let me join it they were like no you you have a good head on your shoulders we want to see you prevail so my community you know helped uplift me and made me want to go harder in the classroom and, and and become an engineer but that that st louis music also influenced me as well but i do feel like in st louis it was we're a big town but we're small so i didn't i wasn't in la where i could have been in positions to meet you know people who could have got me into the music industry i wasn't in new york where uh more people could have got me into the music industry i was in st louis there were really no connects for me there so i had to branch out and go to go to miami and meet people like you meet andre harrell meet kevin like you know what i mean like it's it's a very sheltered city what what got you at what point did you get interested in science i would say there was one time my mom's purse had broke i was probably like I don't know, nine, 10, my mom's purse had broke. And I, and it was a, it was a very intricate way that you had to like loop the, the strap to fix it or something. And I was like, yo, like my mama could not figure this out for the (laughs) longest time. And I just kind of sat there, figured it out. And then, so that made me think, okay, maybe, maybe I am a little smart, you know what I'm saying? But it was just a purse. So I didn't really think anything of it. Then I went to this program, it's called the YES Teens Program. And the YES stands for Youth Exploring Science. And they gave us an opportunity to one, learn different science topics. We learned about chemistry, biology, uh, food science. We learned about robotics. And not only did we get to learn that stuff, but they also allowed us to teach it in different city summer schools. So the summer schools um, classes in St. Louis city, we got to teach these things that we were learning. Uh, to the students and I, I knew I had a knack for one science and a knack for a teaching science at the same time. So that's, that's where um, my love for science began with that program.
0: Wow. And fixing your mama's purse.
1: Fixing my mom's <laughs> purse. Yes. I say that to
0: my husband all the time. I say, you know, women, we make the, the best in, inventors, especially moms, because um, we're always finding the trying to find the easiest way to fix something. If a purse breaks, I'm gonna figure out how to fix it. If my mm-hmm. shoe breaks, I'm gonna figure.
2: It. <laughs> so I always right. say
0: like, women are always we're the ones that's always figuring stuff out the mm-hmm. the easiest.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So
0: so I can imagine you know growing up in Saint Louis, it's not as a place where you've got a lot of people. setting these type of examples for you so so you've got this program that kind of opened up the door for you the yes program Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. now
0: um if if I heard correctly you play ball right I think
1: you shared that with me that you played basketball Mm -hmm. yes I did I did
0: play
1: (laughs) basketball I actually went to college on a full ride basketball
0: yeah so I remember you telling me you know you you went to 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 school for basketball which I thought Mm -hmm. was super dope Um, talk to me about that. Cause you went to, you went to school to play ball, but you didn't finish. You didn't play all four years, correct?
1: No, I didn't play all four years. So uh, once I went to that, and that was a hard choice within itself. Like, okay, I'm a good basketball player. I I could possibly go D1, but I had this school, this engineering school right down the road that was offering me a scholarship. I I know I would have came out of there with a great job as I have. So it was a a, a real tough time for me to humble myself and see all of my friends go D one and I decided to go D two with the with the bigger picture in mind. Like I know that I'm not I'm not going to the WNBA. If I go to the WNBA, I'm only going to make so much money. It's it's just a cap on it. You know what I mean? I didn't want to look at myself. So man, it was really like cry- I was crying. Like my sometimes my parents didn't understand why I was choosing that so I had to literally be mentally tough and sometimes I wasn't but I I decided to go and when I went as I was getting more into my studies as an engineer it was pulling me further and further away from the game I've been playing since five years old so that was that was a tough time too for me that so how how long did you play ball like did you play from from elementary middle school I started playing basketball when I was five so you know, when you put your 10,000 hours in, I put my 10,000 hours in the game of basketball. So the moment where I had to stop, it was such a identity crisis for me. It was crazy. And, and that's how music picked up.
0: So in playing basketball, right, and being a music mm-hmm. person, I'm a mm-hmm. sneakerhead, right? Did at mm-hmm. any point, did were you like, you know, I, I need to have the dopest basketball sneakers while I'm on this course?
1: <laughs> oh, most, most definitely. You know, the little uh, East Bay books come in the mail. <laughs> I get those, I'm circling what shoes I want. I give it to my mom. She picked whatever out of the shoes that I picked. And then also we had some team shoes. I had big influence on um, what shoes we had every single year with, even with my college team. And when we had to go to, uh, I was a, I was a Nike head too. So when we went to a, Adi- when I went to college and we had to play with Adidas shoes, I was like, oh man, like I loved Nikes, but I started to fall in love with Adidas too. So, but yeah, I love it. some Adidas. So, do you still be rocking sneakers now? I do, man. My my game has really, it's taken a, it's taken a big fall because you know when I'm when I go to work, I'm an engineer. They, these guys are dressed it; they're wearing like moccasins. <laughs> and, they're not you know what I mean so like
0: here come like, Deja with some Yeezys on her feet
1: <laughs> exactly you know what and it's gotten me a lot of connections I'll have like on some dope air maxes and somebody come up to me like oh, I ain't never seen nobody come up here with no fresh shoes on like you know nearly every day you know what I mean so it's either it's even got me connections with people that it's hard to make connections as a black woman in the STEM field. You don't have that many connections. So the, the fact that people come up to me about my shoes is just like, okay, I'm finding my people through how I dress, how I approach life. You know what I mean? You know, I'm so glad you say that because, um,
0: you know, a lot of people will ask me, like, why, why do you love sneakers so much? And for me, um, you know, it started at an early age and I played basketball as yourself. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like that was my form of expression on the court. I've mm-hmm. always kind of been the person that I just wanted to stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I already stood out, I was only five foot nut and playing point guard. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So, uh, but yeah, like even, you know, on the court, I just always wanted to have my own sneaker. Like I bought the team shoes, but I always needed to have a pair of J's on my feet or I needed to make sure I had the new Iversons or, you know I what I mean? You. Like I, I needed yeah. the the different type of stuff. But then as to get older and I started collecting shoes um, I just started realizing this was a whole new way to connect with people Mm -hmm. and I started realizing too like even how I would buy my sneakers like I would have different experiences I would meet certain people when I bought the shoe Mm
1: -hmm. and it
0: started leading to um different stories and I was like man this is this is a whole new culture and you actually connect with people on that level based just on your sneakers Mm Exactly. And, I, I, and I think yeah, that's for me. I, I love that part of it um, You know, and that's what I enjoy about having sneakers is that it does it opens up conversations with people that you probably would never even Really think about talking to
1: right because mm-hmm. of it.
0: So yeah So with with that, you know, um, you going to play ball in college um, I went kind of through the same thing like playing ball once I got to college though my focus shifted Mm-hmm. Um and then you kind of got to make this decision like you know am i are you really going to play ball are you really going to focus on what it is that you're going to do in the future yes. um how was that with your family like you know were they rooting for you and saying hey go ahead and just pursue your dreams in this stem uh, career or was it like girl you tripping like <laughs> nobody was, knows does this
1: <laughs> it was a split it was a split um between my family like some people were like oh man i can't wait to sit front row at her games And then some people were like, "Girl, get that money, like, be an engineer." You know what I mean? (sighs) So where the where the divide came was uh, my sophomore year. I got an op- opportunity to go intern at Anheuser Busch in St. Louis. Actually, back in my hometown, and it was during the basketball season. So I went to go talk to my coach. Actually, the the beginning of the season, I wasn't playing too well. I was starting, but I was super nervous. You know, it was my sophomore season. I finally got a chance to start, so I was just choking. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I saw as a as an opportunity. I got. I thought it was a sign. Like I got this opportunity. I'm getting paid. You know, way like double the more than I've ever gotten paid in my life Uh, it's a great opportunity and everybody's like once you get that first great opportunity the sky's the limit you're gonna you're gonna be able to work for any company that you want to Mm -hmm. so you know, I was talking to my dad, my dad's like, Oh, well, no, you need to figure out how to keep your scholarship. And my mom's like, well, I mean, like, you'll get to come home, you get to make some money, you get to learn in engineering. My mom was definitely like go to engineering, right? But my dad, he was, he was my coach all my life so he to uh, like see me put the ball down was it it kind of tore him apart you know what I mean like we've invested so much money into you as a basketball player and you, and you want to put your sneaks up like what what's the deal so that was it was tough but oh I, man honestly, that, that's
0: probably like his daddy-daughter time with you
1: yes yes most <laughs> definitely
0: So in this field, like once you got to college, I can imagine, you know, this, this is a difficult field that you're going into. Mm -hmm. What was that like? You were the only woman in in there, were you not?
1: At my school, we had, uh, because my school is primarily, my school was primarily an engineering school. We had more women than uh, the, the typical engineering school would, but. In most of my classes, I was either the only woman, I was either only the black woman or the only black person. So it was a scarce amount of us. Like, the ratio was like four to one when I came in. Four to one. And right now it's maybe 77, or 77. I can't remember the exact percentage of white men. Wow. How did you deal with that?
0: How did you like be able to walk into these classrooms and just be like, all right, I I know what I'm facing. This is Mm -hmm. how I'm going to deal with this.
1: It was tough at first, but I noticed like what what could get me through it is my sense of humor. So I'm 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 a joker. So if I come in the classroom, not necessarily as a class clown, but just make everybody feel comfortable with who I am. Because I, I see a lot of situations where if there's another black person in the room, they just kind of shy away and sit in the corner or something like that and i'm like no like you're gonna get to know me i'm gonna force my personality on you because we can be friends we're interested in a lot of the same things i have some tools that you need you have some tools that i need so i'm making sure i'm sitting in the front row i'm making my personality known like i said i got my j's on um the teachers gonna know my name and by making myself available people got to know like what What does it mean for a black girl to be in my classroom? How do I interact with her? So I try to make that instead of seeing myself at a a disadvantage, which I was, I made them seem like they were at a disadvantage and kind of like, okay, learn about me, let me teach you something. And that's good for me. Yeah
0: was that surprising for you coming into it was that surprising that this was something that you
1: were gonna have to deal with no not at all because growing up i had to there's this thing called the desegregation program i mean it's called vic but everybody called it deseg which is so taboo i got to go to a county school which was uh, predominantly white so i had got you i started practicing you know how to code switch which is sad that i have to code switch but practicing how to code switch and and what music they like what All types of things and I became of that culture with with my black culture at the same time so I was already like prepared for those situations from an early age
0: wow that's that's interesting that you're even mentioning it because I think a lot of people don't understand that piece of it where um especially when you're growing up in these type of areas where you're put into an environment where you don't look like anybody else Mm -hmm. you you're almost forced to it's like especially as a when you're young, you're like, I don't, you, you almost kind of start to struggle with identity because you're like, well, I know who I am, but how do I fit into this culture, Uh but then still be a part of my culture? And that's such a huge thing. And a lot of people don't understand how you even do something like that. Uh But I feel like it's something that we've just gotten used to having to do it. And I think that's, what's impressive about young women like you for me are like so inspirational because you have the ability to kind of shift that mindset now. Uh with, with a lot of that stuff. Where, where do you think that confidence came from? Cause like for you to be able to walk into a classroom and say, I'm going to make, I'm going to kill you with kindness. You're going to, you're going to fall in love with my personality and I'm going to sit front row while I do it.
1: <laughs> like where you. does I'll that confidence you. come from? Oh my God. Well, I, I honestly think it's because I'm an only child. So everybody, most everybody had that older brother or older sister, to defend them or just take up for them, and I didn't have that, so I had to find mechanisms that helped me defend myself against bullies and all that type of stuff, and my primary thing was being funny and having good grades, so that's the key part right there is having good grades. This is how I do it. I go into the classroom, and I'm by myself at first, right? I'm still, like, having my personality out there, but after that first test, I make sure I kill it. Like maybe get a ninety eight or something like that, and you know everybody's asking what you get, what you get, what you get. So that's my opportunity. Oh, bro, you got a ninety two. Sometimes I don't even tell. If I could tell, like you, I'm not gonna mess with you. I won't even tell you. But if it's somebody I know, I'm gonna need your help. I'm like, bro, I got a ninety eight. You trying? You wanna? Let's like, what's up? Yeah, like (laughs) I make sure I do. I'm gonna let you know that I got what you need. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And it shouldn't be like that. I shouldn't have to play those games but it was it was a survival tactic so okay, it's strategic I'm gonna kill this, yeah mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna kill this first test I'm gonna try to do my best to do better than you or close you know get a close score to you You know what I mean and now now you see me at a value okay let's study together and that's how that's how I played it like that
0: That's awesome. I'm sure they started respecting you like crazy. Like, hold up. I need to be part of Deja's group.
1: (laughs) Right. So, so back to what you were saying, getting those good grades is just like, I, I belong here. Let me show you through my grades. Now, now I have the, that gave me the confidence or even like when I was younger, like I used to be a little chubby kid or whatever. I know if I, if I got a a good grade on my math test and you calling me fat or whatever, like I got, I'm smarter than you. I don't
0: care. Like. <laughs> like, that's okay. I'm chubby, but I got a 98.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> oh man. So, okay. So, so growing, going, so going to school, right? So this is internship season, right? Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? Did you start to apply for different internships? Did companies kind of come to you? you I, I, I can imagine you're a woman who's in engineering like that. And mm-hmm. then you're a black woman at that. So were these companies like. Yo, I need to have you on my team. Or was that a mission for you to get in,
1: involved oh, in some yeah. of these internships? It was most definitely a mission. And you would think that they're like, oh, man, I need to get you. But it wasn't like that at all. What happened was, I'm not even trying to be cliche, but it was speaking it into existence. Like, I knew if I got an internship my freshman year of college, that it would just be easy for me the rest of the time. So everybody knew, whether it be my, my professors, my um, advisors, my, my teammates, they all knew that I wanted an internship. So, uh, everybody started sending me links just because I'm, I'm putting it in their head that they, that I wanted an internship. People want to see you succeed. Sometimes they don't show it all the time, but everybody wants to be that helper. So yeah. everybody sending me links and stuff like that, even if it said sophomore, junior, whatever, I was still applying to it. Even if I didn't have the GPA, I was still applying to it. Um, and then eventually I would get, kept, I was getting interviews. And I kept getting a bunch of no's. And then it was this last interview. I traveled to this random town, Mount Sterling, Illinois, took that risk of driving there by myself. My mom did not want me to do it. Mm. And um, because of the YES program, I told them everything that I was doing there. And they offered me right on the spot an internship. It was only for $9, girl. But I was just like, you know what, let me go ahead and do this because I know... That is going to set me straight. So after that, my resume is better than all the other freshmen in my class. So as a mm. sophomore, I go to the career fair, and that's when I got an- Anheuser Busch. I didn't even go to the Anheuser Busch line. I just put my resume in a vault and uh, said that I wanted to interview, and they called me up. And I so I guess you could say they they did want me, but they didn't know they didn't know that I was black or anything with my resume. It was just like she's a sophomore; she already has an internship. Less grabber, so then I did the Anheuser Busch. And after I got Anheuser Busch, it was a wrap. I went to John Deere after that, I went to Toyota after that, and then I went to Apple, that was one of my favorite internships. And then after all those big names, NASA found me through uh, this resume vault of the National Society of Black Engineers. Then I interned at NASA, and then on my last day at NASA, that's when they gave me the the full-time job offer so and it was that 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 personality thing that I go into the classroom with when I go talk to these recruiters I, u- I use that same um tactic of just being funny connecting with you like well how did you become an engineer and uh, what's your favorite part of your job and um how can I become involved and and not even come in there like I got it already I let them know like how can I grow between this year because Apple turned me down like three times Mm. So I'm like, how can I grow within when I see you this time again next year? What do I need to have on my resume differently? So I, I went from everything to taking different classes, learning how to code for apps. I even started an app company. We didn't publish any apps, but it was just that initiative. Like she, she's really trying to get an internship. Let's let's go ahead and see what she got. And I ended up getting two opportunities. So I got a summer internship and then a then a fall co-op with two different teams at Apple. After being denied, yeah.
0: You seem to be very strategic in the way you move, and that is so. Key, I think, to being successful in what you do. I do a lot of mentoring with young people. I always share this story. I used to work for Carnival Cruise Lines. I was fresh out of college. I knew I had always told my friends I just want a job that I can travel the world. I ain't know mm-hmm. what it was. I just know I wanted to travel the world. <laughs> so, fresh you. out of college, I got a job at Carnival Cruise Lines in the corporate office down in Miami. And at the time, I was making I don't know like twenty five thousand dollars. You couldn't tell me I wasn't balling though. I hear. You. <laughs> And I remember, um, you know, just being over overwhelmed, not in a bad way. I just was like, I can't believe I'm this baby working at this huge company. Like, what can I do? You know, it just Mm -hmm. seemed like the opportunities were limitless and I'll never forget my boss set me down after me being there for three months. He gave me a a promotion after three months. And he said, I want you to start thinking what your five year goal is. Mm -hmm. What position do you want to have here in five years? And what position do you want to have in 10 years? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be at this company that long.
1: (laughs) Right. right. And
0: I had never thought of it like that. And I remember he, um, that was his, his thing. That was like my job. I had to, you know, write down a plan with him. I sat down with him, told him, you know, in five years, I wanted to do this position. And in 10 years, I wanted to be the marketing director. Mm -hmm. So he set up a meeting with me to sit down with the marketing director. And I sat with her and she said, so you want to be a marketing director? I was like, yeah, I have no idea what it takes, but. If you teach me how to do it, you know, if you teach me, you know, the steps, I want to do it. And that after that, I learned what it was to be strategic and mm-hmm. knowing to kind of set a plan for yourself where for you, how you thought, if I start getting these internships early on, this is going to set me up to win in the future. Mm-hmm. And I share that a lot with my young people now, like, hey, listen, if you know, you want to be an engineer or, you know, you want to be a teacher or, you know, whatever it is, like every Choice or every decision you make needs to line up to that goal that you set for yourself, Mm -hmm. and that's what it sounds like. Like you were very strategic with making sure you were you were going to have an opportunity when you finished school, and I mean it was your last day, Mm
1: -hmm. right? Right. right. (laughs) And they said we want you (laughs) exactly. So that that was such a blessing. But it even to to add on to what you're saying, like even at the conference, like that that was like me adding all of my years of experience of being strategic whether that be in the classroom getting internships whatever let me try it at this music conference where i'm not i don't have a lick of like music notoriety at all like let me let me just try what's going in it 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 works like i'm like let me go ahead and get this elite pass i know this elite pass is going to get me in the rooms with the people that i want to speak with and let know about me or even in the even in the panel sessions girl like i'm probably speaking way too much right now but (laughs) i would i knew that this was going to be something where i could ask a question related to nasa and get people like i just want to expose them to the stem stuff like I would would even sit by the microphone. Everybody's just trying to run in front to the front and get a front row seat and all that stuff. I'm like, okay, I see where they put the mics the last time. I'm going to go sit right there. And and that's how everybody found out about me is because I was strategic about where I sat, um, who I talked to. And then on top of that, I went to a conference, the A3C conference in Atlanta before, and literally almost all of the panelists that were there that I connected with there were at the Revolt Music Conference. So not only did I go to that conference and connect with them, I already know people at this the bigger conference in Miami. So I was really like, just that it's networking to a T. It's like mm-hmm. I started networking class. Like. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. I think your whole story to me is impressive. You know, I remember when you when you came up to me and you were like, "Yeah, I work for NASA," and I was like, "What?" I was like, "Wow." Mm-hmm. So and I remember asking you like, "What brought you here?" You know, and you, you started explaining explain to me how you wanted to use music. You know, you said, you know, I, I enjoy this, um my job, but I have a passion for music. So from then till now, how have
1: you been able to incorporate your music into what it is you're doing? Okay, so after after the conference, I was like, I really got to do this. Just seeing how people responded to it. And I remember like my sophomore year of high school, I had created um a rap to the quadratic formula not not a whole rap but just the chorus uh to a soldier boy song really old song but i'm like let me finish this rap let me just write the lyrics to it write about the quadratic formula and show my university how this conference impacted me so girl i was like I was cold calling, basically, but not just calling. I went to our chancellor's. Office. The chancellor is like the top dog at the school. I just, I no appointment. I just walked into this man's office, let him know what was going on. He's like, okay, oh my god, we need to get you because they're trying to up their diversity numbers too. So I found where they needed. I needed their resources to help me make a music video, and they needed my resources to get more African American kids at their school. So I'm like, let's let's team up here. This is what I can bring to the table. You guys have the resources for me to do it. I'm aware wear my s gear all day. Like, Let's just do it. Like, And and not only are we looking out for us, like we're helping Black kids get into engineering. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so after that, they helped me. They got me with the marketing guys. And then they saw that I was graduating. So they made a little video about uh, me creating this nonprofit that I'm actually um, creating right now to make the music. Uh, so they put that on the website then they got me with the videographer. We made the video at we were at a capital party and uh, they didn't even know we were shooting a video but this this white guy starts coming back with all this video camera stuff and they're like, oh my God, you know, it's a capital party. So people are turning up, whatever. So everybody runs away from the door. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's supposed to be here. It's okay. <laughs> so uh, we make the music video. We put it out on YouTube and, you know, it gets about 5,000 views and I ain't never got that many views on anything, which is not a lot of views, but it was a lot for me. So I'm just like, okay, we're, we're making traction. And then after that, then I started talking to people at Great Big Story letting them know what I was doing. And um, so it was like months and months and months had went by where I'm just showing the the uh, woman who was pitching my story, just everything I'm doing. I gave the graduation speech at my graduation. I uh, did a TED talk. I'm just letting her know, like, you you have to share this story and change the world, basically. Uh, or start, be, be, ignite that fire, you know what I mean? So then that's when the great big story video it came out two weeks ago. Uh, but I've been, pre- that's something I've been working on for since the Revo Music Conference. I met her at the Reverb Music Conference. Mm. And it's, it's just now coming into fruition. So I could have gave up in January. Like, I could have gave up in February. I could have gave up in March. But I was, you know, just here, just here's more. What really happened was I was like, okay, nobody's going to give this to me. I need to show the people who say they that they can help me do this, that I can do it without them. And once you start doing it without them they're like okay let me help you now i, I want to like, be involved yep. yeah yeah i'm not not saying like i'm trying to throw it in their face or anything but it's like that you have to prove to these people that you don't you don't need a hand me out you know what i mean you can you got it so that means mm-hmm. people want to help you more when you're
0: independent you know what i mean you know when people are wanting to um invest uh time invest resources uh, invest finances I think too because there's so many ways now to get your message out and get your content out mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people will kind of sit back and like well let me let me see her make her moves and then is let me see if this is something worth me investing and I think now that they're seeing you move and they're hearing you speak and they're here I think they're catching on to what you're wanting to say now it'll get people like you know what this is actually an interesting thing that she's talking about. Like, how can I be a part of the solution to this? Mm-hmm. Going into NASA, did you have any expectations? Because, well, you were interning there, but did you have any expectations going in there? And is it what you expected or is was it completely different?
1: It's completely different than what I expected because coming from Apple, like that's the most luxurious corporate job i've ever i mean aside from twitter who you know facebook twitter all of those tech companies who give you food and you know all of that stuff so i I was living that life at apple so when i get to nasa and it's you know government it's just like oh my god this is like this is like the office you know the show is just like (laughs) bland walls and it's i mean because it's so much history in there, they don't want to change a lot of things it's hard to get changed it's hard to uh, have innovative type of things um so when i got there after interning with apple i'm not even gonna lie to you i quit the first week i literally she's like i'm out quit. i because i i just i just didn't understand i i just i don't know and i wanted to be a musician so i was just like look this is my last summer this is my internship i'm talking about this is my last summer before i graduate let me take a risk this summer let me be broke and work on my music or learn how to produce they saw why I was so struggling with the, the culture and what was going on that they found ways to get me back and I ended up coming back um, and I just kind of dealt with it like this is history this is th- it's NASA like you have to just stick through everything that you're going through here and try to you know make an impact here it was it a was mm-hmm. really tough decision it's um because I know I could I could be at Google, I could be at Apple, I could be at all these places that will, you know, pacify me kind of uh, to get me to work more and stuff like that. Not saying that that's a bad tactic, but, you know, they treat you well. But here is just, like, the grit, like, we have a deadline, where we're government, we have rules, we have restrictions – it's black and white, no gray area, get the stuff done. It's, it's no emotion involved at my job. So it was, it was tough coming from Apple where everything is emotion filled. Like they put emotion in how you open your iPhone box. That's mm. how,
0: you it's know, like a it's big tight. deal for the opening, the
1: reveal. And it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here is just like black and white. Like we need to get this Rover built and that's just it. Get it done on time. I don't, care how you get it done. I don't care how you feel about getting it done. Be here on time. Just re- that corporate culture that, that you think of. But I was so used to just, like I said, that Apple, like everything is fluid. So it was it was really tough for me, but I, I'm, I'm happy that I decided to go back. I'm learning so much. It, it's tough, but I'm learning a lot. I might have said this to you when, uh,
0: when we first met at the conference, but um, with you, you know, hearing your story, and you know being able to talk to you about it and knowing how strategic you are <clears throat> there's something special about you that um you are one of those few people that stand out regardless um and i think you know i think god is strategic in that stuff where uh-huh. you could have gotten a job at apple but you probably would have blended in with all the rest of the engineers uh-huh. like you are the type of person that needs to be at nasa cuz you can impact the culture there and I mean, you've already done it throughout your life where you've shifted the culture wherever you're at. So mm-hmm. you being at NASA is like, go ahead and shift that culture, girl. Like I tell you, I tell totally you. <laughs> you know understand. what I mean? And you being able to bring your personality, uh, you probably being able to bring that emotional piece there. Um, you're younger, you're the next generation, you mm-hmm. know. So I think that's inspiring. Um and then knowing your heart behind how you're wanting to shift the culture like knowing that you're wanting to use music to shift the culture like that is what's going to set you apart from any of those other engineers that are there because they'll mm-hmm. be able to look at you and be like man this chick is different like you know maybe we do need to start shifting some stuff around for me that's the part that's inspiring like when are not when i look at you i'm like man you you have such an amazing opportunity right now to really, where you say, you know, NASA. There's so much history. You have a, a an opportunity to play a, a significant part in creating new history there, mm-hmm. and I think that for you should be something that you hold tight to.
1: Thank you. Yeah,
0: I, I didn't even think about it like that. You know what I mean? Your personality is amazing. Your 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 strategic thought process of how you're going to communicate to people. You don't come off uh, arrogant. You don't come off like I know it all, even though you probably can step into a room and be like, "Yo, I know everything y'all talking about." But you don't. You know, you have a very humble spirit about you, and um, you know, yeah, I do. I I believe that God is very strategic in those type of things and Uh where He He positions people to be able to have a a bigger impact. And I think it sets you up for the future too, like you know, Uh mentor these younger kids. For them mm-hmm. to look up to you and say, Man, I wanna be like her. I wanna go work at NASA. Like
1: <laughs> Yeah, you know. yeah. That's the whole that's the whole um that's the that's the goal behind it. I want them to know that it's possible and you can bring some flavor too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You um, can
0: walk up in NASA and wear some J's and be as so Air Maxes and keep it moving. Right.
1: right. <laughs> People might look at you funny or you know what I mean, treat you different, whatever, but like this I I'm trying to break that mold so that the the when the next people come it is 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 not it's not unheard of.
0: Mhm. Do you have a mentor?
1: I have a, a bunch of mentors. That they probably don't know they're my mentors, but they're my mentors. Are any of them women? Yes. Um, okay, and are they in your field? Uh a couple are, a couple. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, like my my Apple uh manager she is a huge mentor for me. She, you know, she's a, she's not old, but she's an older woman, you know, and she's about to go back and get her PhD. And she she's like a senior vice president at a company right now. And And you've made life. Like, you've done it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You travel all over the country. And she's still like, I have another... I have another pillar I need to build. Like, I'm about to go get my PhD. She just texted me that the other day. And so that keeps me going as well. This woman named uh, Cheryl Singleton, she is, I love how she tries to connect people. Um, so she she helps me in a sense of like staying hip and like being relatable. And she she's just a renaissance woman. She does a lot of stuff. So I, I love to, you know, see her and what she's doing. She gives me a lot of advice as well. My mother my mother pushes me as well, but so a lot of times I have to. Me and my mother we battle a lot because I make a lot of decisions that she's just like, "Why in the heck are you doing that?" And then it works out, and what? So she, and then she's in love with my decision. But she does <laughs> she does push me a lot um, in terms of my logical thinking and being realistic because sometimes I have to be brought back down. Like you're, you're doing too much. You know what I mean. <laughs> uh but yes I, I have i have a lot of mentors
0: that's good my uh one of my really good friends uh mary uh rodriguez she actually mm-hmm. works for microsoft and i interviewed her in one of our uh one of my previous um episodes but mm-hmm. she is a storyteller for microsoft she um you know she's huge on mentorship she mm-hmm. She has, um, she's very similar to you and in, in how strategic she thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got mentors in, in different arenas, not just in her field. And then she's big on mentoring, you know, even um, the women in tech, being strategic in that. And so I just applaud you ladies for that. Be especially the fields that you're in. Have you been able to connect with other women in your field like that are kind of in the same place where you're at?
1: Yes. Like, what so, does that
0: look like? Is that a is there a big community for that? And what does
1: that look like for networking for you guys? Well, are you saying like When you say meeting other women in STEM that are kind of like trying to bring an urban side to it, is that what you mean?
0: Yeah, like with what you're doing, have you Mm -hmm. met other
1: young women that are kind of have the same heartbeat for it? So I've only met one other girl. It's not common for us to do this because a lot of a lot of people who go this STEM route become of it. Like they totally engulf themselves. They don't bring any of their culture with them and they just become that, you know, they, there's no, none of their personal culture that they brought to this field. So there is, is, is lit. We're literally trailblazers in a sense. So it, it, it's really difficult to stay the course and say, Oh my God, this is really going to help these children. Cause nobody, there's no, there's no path laid out for us. We were literally laying our own bricks Mm. and and have to have faith in it. But there's this one girl, her name is um, Dominique. She goes by like space mommy on Instagram and she is a science communicator. She actually writes for um, Tyler, the creators golf media. And she writes, she relates um, science topics to hip hop stuff. So there's this thing called the Drake equation and she related it to drake um how how that equation has evolved and then how drake has evolved as a rapper she's also did something on um kanye west and um there's this one day in the year i can't think of the day that things happen to kanye west Um and and, and I, I don't know how she related it to science, but she is just a science communicator, but an urban science communicator. So she, we, when whenever we're having tough times, we're like, oh my God, we should probably stop doing this and just focus on the science side of things. Whether I'm down, she helps me. When she's down, I help her. Um, and we just, you know, just kind of hype each other up. Like, just keep going, you know what I mean? Uh, like she's even got Chance the Rapper interested in like NASA and stuff like that. Um, so he's always following her and seeing what's up in the space world. So that's one person that uh, I know is doing what I'm doing or trying to in a different, in her own way.
0: And do you guys personally know each other or are you guys just connected online? No, we've met
1: through, there's this guy named Eddie Gonzalez. He is, he is me, but like, he's a grown man that knows everybody in the world. <laughs> um, and he's like, he's like the like the master like okay here my child like take this jewel and go talk to this person so he gave me her he's just like let me see what you can do and after a few months of beginning to know her i had to go back to him like bro you knew what you were doing when you connected us type of person like he sees our vision um he's a hip-hop head himself so uh we met through him actually Don't you love meeting connectors, like people who will connect you to the
0: people that you need in order to grow in what you're doing? Definitely. And that's him for sure. You you did TED Talk, right? You mentioned that earlier. What was that like for you? Oh, my God. It
1: was so (laughs) nerve-wracking. I my stomach was hurting like it was it was it was a very um tough time but I basically talked about um, it hasn't been released yet but I basically talked about finding your why I talked about quitting NASA and then how I came back rejuvenated because of my why um and now you know I focus I learn something new about the space industry every day and that helps me get to work every day you know what I mean when you're working at 9 to 5 it's it's really tough um i talk about continu- continuous learning i talk about being bold and uh taking trips to music conferences you have you don't know anything about the music industry uh just different things of that sort um and i also also performed my uh, Quadratic formula song with my Nice, proposals. yeah, yeah. So I brought a little. It was like serious, but a lot brought a little flavor to it too. So it was good. Did you? Um, that's awesome, man. Were there?
0: Were there? Uh, who? Who usually go? Like, who was there at at that TED talk? Like, what was your
1: audience like? The audience. It was. It was basically the. It was a small community. Actually, the. It was a science community though. So, uh, it was a bunch of professors that teach computer science they teach math they teach uh just all types of science technology engineering and mathematics courses it was, it was definitely not not a urban community yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know they were looking at you like okay okay yeah 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 so they were like what like did she is she she really brought that here okay <laughs> this chick really rapping right now exactly listen exactly.
0: um when mm-hmm. when hidden figures Came out. What was your what was what was your reaction to that movie? Or and did you know a lot of
1: this stuff already? No, 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 no. I had no idea. First of all, before that movie, I didn't even know working at NASA was like an option. Like I never thought of working at NASA. My my goal was to my goal was to work at Apple or work at Google, and I had gotten to Apple, and now I wanted to try Google. But that movie had came out and it was like this is me like like the movie made me cry like when she was like going to the restroom i was just like what like these women did this back then i thought this was totally new like it, it was it was a very educational experience for me and i loved it like i got so emotional i loved it it was like people understand now people really understand like when i'm a lot of times, people are like, "Man, you just complaining? Like, just because you are black or just because you're a girl, that don't mean you're getting treated differently." They don't say that explicitly, but like when I try to explain like the troubles I go through, they're just like, "Man, everybody deals with that." Like, what, you know what I mean? So that movie was just like, "Oh my God, somebody gets it. Somebody gets it." Mm. And I was, I wasn't even on NASA's radar at that point. It was not until. Um, Two months later I got my offer from NASA after that movie.
0: Wow. How did how yep. how did that make you feel
1: when you got that offer? I was excited. I, I celebrated really hard. Like, <laughs> cause I mean, I had like I told you the companies that I worked for, from John Deere, Toyota, Apple, like I didn't think it could get any bigger. I didn't think it could get any bigger. So when I got NASA, I was just like, oh my, this is like the the Mecca of breaking technology, um, just science, just everything. Like, I don't know any higher that I could have gotten in this field that I'm Mm. in with NASA. So I was, I was elated. I was, it was a great time in my life once I got that offer.
0: What would you say your goal is? Like when you, when it's all said and done, right? When you get to, Mm -hmm. to the end of your career, like what would you like to walk away with and know that you've accomplished
1: I would like to walk away with knowing that once I once I get the students into the STEM field or you know, expose them and they get to my level where they're working full time, that they don't look around and, and they don't see anybody like them. I want them to come, they don't feel different mm. once they get to my position. So that's a that's a big vision, a huge vision. But I know what I'm going through right now, and I don't want anyone else to do that. So from my little seed that I'm planting through this music, I want there to be, in 10 years or so, Black men and Black women, or people of color, per se, that are coming into work, and instead of there being rock music playing from somebody's computer, you're hearing some ditty or something like that, like you can you can really enjoy your work experience because there's people around you like you.
0: That's good stuff. That is real good stuff. I'm excited for you, Deja. I think I think you are going to do some great stuff. It's going to be uh in in due season when things begin to happen um and people start to get a hold of your heart and your vision for stuff i think you're going to make a huge um, impact on a lot of these young people's lives even with my daughter i got a little girl she's eight we live in south florida where it's it's way more diverse than most of america you know so i will say Mm i'm i'm definitely blessed in that where my daughter's not growing up in a predominantly anything area but even in that you know my daughter will catch herself knowing she'll notice that she's different you know sometimes and um mm-hmm. in that you know we're we're always trying to show her arenas that she can she can look at and say you know she tells me that she wants to do gymnastics okay well let, let me show you people that look so you know that this is possible if she likes music mm-hmm. okay well i'm going to show you the arena in that Um, She played violin for a little bit and um, Mm -hmm. you know, I I showed her the hip hop violinists who, you know, they were killing it and that made her fall in love with violin. Uh She's like, yes, this is what I want to do. And so, you know, that is, that is so important. You know, these, our kids need to be able to look at someone and say, I love science. I want to be able Mm -hmm. to, you know, do math. I want to be able to do science. I want to be able to do technology. I want to be an engineer and be able to look up and see someone that looks like them. And I believe that you are definitely, like you said, you're a trailblazer. And I really believe that you are gonna be able to influence the culture and where you're at. And I think you're gonna shift it for these kids and be able to give them something to look up to. And I hope that, you know, especially going back to your home in St. Louis where these kids, you're probably, you know, for for when you come home that they'd be like, yeah, that's Deja, she from here. <laughs> you right, know, right. like we <laughs> do with celebrities and stuff and uh-huh. and all these, uh-huh. you know, athletes and stuff. Like, why wouldn't we do it for the engineer that left our city and made it? You know? Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I just want to encourage you, man. Like I I'm super proud of you. I it's been a it's been a joy following you. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to what the future holds and seeing what else that you accomplish. And Thank and so just, much. you know, any resource I could possibly give you, whatever connection I can make, like, let's do it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that um, what you're doing is very important. It's very vital to our community. And I, I believe you're going to do big things. You're already doing Thank big you. things, I but you're going to do that. bigger things.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I hope so. I really do.
0: But listen, tell everyone how they can follow you. Let them know what, if you're,
1: is your nonprofit up and running yet or you're working on it? it's 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 in the works now i have my lawyer working on it and he's gonna let me know when everything is squared away okay so when you get it um,
0: popping we'll make sure we reannounce it and start pushing it for you so let let everybody know like how they can follow you and get in touch with you and especially any of these youngsters that they want to connect with
1: you and look for some mentoring uh how can they how can they hit you up so on instagram you can find me at daja.monae that's d-a-j-a-e dot m-o-n-a-e and on twitter you can find me at daja williams underscore which is again d-a-j-a-e williams w-i-l-l-i-a-m-s underscore and those are my two primary um social media platforms so let's get it cracking let's ask as many questions as you need let's you know change this narrative awesome deja thank you thank you thank
0: you thank you thank you thank you so much for talking with me today i appreciate it thank you as well i appreciate
1: this opportunity
0: yeah man so yeah let's stay in touch um let's watch
2: you change the world girl
0: <laughs> <Thank you.
2: laughs> yeah i don't see them boys i'm like where they go where they go feel like mookie i'm yelling right
0: with me today make sure you subscribe to the podcast and do me a favor if you can just rate the show let people know what you think that would be awesome and be sure to follow me online at kicking it with butter I'm looking forward to connecting with you all right I'm gonna catch you guys later